Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Rockcast brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. Jordan here. And uh, it is a nice Tuesday morning of June 21st. And we're going to roll through another episode of Tipsy Tuesday. And uh, just in general, June 21st, it's like time to get to scouting. So really excited. We've got a big scouting trip coming up this weekend. We're going to do a big uh, couple day loop on. And then... I'm going to try to squeeze in to some new areas and do like an evening and a morning, um, you know, glassing sessions in some new areas and see what we can find for deer and elk and see if we want to dig into those places more. Yeah, it's just, it's an exciting time. Um, I love that uh, even though, even though we have like a season that lasts, you know, not even too long, you know two weeks, three weeks, sometimes only 10 days, but we have all this time that we can scout. And, uh, I just love going out and seeing animals. I love getting some, uh, you know, camping time, high country time in the nice weather before it's like time to roll in the fall. So looking forward to that, obviously. And then, uh, this is just the time for like gear. I think, uh, this is the time of year you should be like, I need to go through our garage and lay some stuff out and figure out what I need to do, uh, what I need to do to, you know, spiff things up or whatever. I like to lay tents out, make sure you got all the stakes and poles and everything is good to go. Um, just, yeah, like reassess your gear, figure out what you need to purchase more of, um, get some organizing done and whatever. So a couple of things that I have upgraded or purchased, um, I've, tr- I've been trying to streamline my tent situation for a while. Uh, and so I think I've got it down this year, which I'm sure I said the same thing last year, but, um, I got the Argali four person tent, got that, uh, with an insert in it. So going to be great for early season and late season when I get to throw like a Kafaro box stove or something like that in it. Um, and yeah, it's going to be great Four people, uh, four person going to be good for two people with gear. And of course the dog that we usually have with us. Um, and then even for just myself, I'm going to take that thing to Alaska and just use it for myself and all my gear. So excited to, uh, to get some time in on that. And then I did a little bit of, um, like backpacking tent, like freestanding, uh, backpacking tent switching around to, um, I had a couple of Hillebergs. One was really good for two people and all their gear. Um, the other one worked for two people, but the vestibule wasn't big enough. So, um, the Hilleberg Neak freestanding tent, it's an awesome tent. I've used it for a long time. I hate to part with it. It It's killing me a little bit, but, um, it's just, you know, we can both fit inside the tent, but you can't fit two people's packs inside the vestibule very easily. And then you're, there's only one entrance. So you're, uh, crawling over each other to get in and out, which kind of sucks. Um, and then just, yeah, not that much room in general for one person in gear. It's awesome. And it comes in at like a little over three pounds, like three and a half pounds. So it's nice to pack, but, uh, just not quite what we were looking for. So last year I bought the onion two GT, um, the vestibule is huge. It's awesome for two people's gear. Um, and then inside the tent itself, it was pretty good. Um, the front entrance is kind of annoying. You gotta like crawl in and out and turn around depending on which direction you're laying. But, uh, 
it is a great option. It really is. Um, but just trying to slim down on two things. I wanted a tent that I could pack myself if I wanted to go on a solo trip, have a little bit extra room. Um, but also I wanted something that, uh, two people could be in that was like a freestanding option instead of like a floorless. So I just sold both those tents and got the Hilleberg Rogan. It's a two-person dual entry, so each side has a door and a vestibule, so each person can kind of have their own side of space, and then when they're ready to get in or out, you don't have to roll over each other. Um, you got dual whatever. It comes in at a little over four pounds, so um, that'll be good, even for me, packing by myself if I need to anytime. It's going to be great. So I uh, got that, and then I wanted to make a little bit of... Um, water changes. Um, I love my stair pin. I'm going to have that thing forever if I can find it because it seems to have gone missing after last year. Um, but I also wanted an option that was like a filter, but I didn't want to carry like my full on pump for most situations. I just don't need that much. Uh, mostly I just want it for like a pre-filter for, um, like some of the, in the high country, some of these little water spots you get when things start drying up is it's like a little water seep and it's basically like if you mess with it at all, like if you start dipping water out of it a lot, like it'll stir the sediment up um, and there might be like bugs and stuff in it. So I just wanted a pre-filter option. So I just purchased the Platypus Quick Draw, similar to like the Sawyer Squeeze and those um, similar kinds of filters. It's basically a, a push-through like a, I guess that's what you call it, like a push through type filter. So it comes with like a one liter dirty bag. You fill that bag up, you screw the filter on, and then you squeeze that bag, like compress that bag, and it'll push the water through the filter into whatever you are drinking out of. So for me, that's an Nalgene bottle. I'm a Nalgene-er. Um, but if you have uh, like a, um, gosh, what do you call those? Like you put in your backpack a water bladder. You can squeeze that into there as well or any other containers that you want to for water. Um, I think that's going to be a good like on the fly type thing. Um, as far as camp goes, I'm still going to use the MSR um, filter, which is a, a gravity filter. Gosh, too many filter names. Uh, the MSR gravity filter, it has a 10 liter bladder attached to it. Um, which I really like that. I'm going to go on forever if I start diving into that stuff, but that's a good camp system. And then also I always have that MSR, um, the aqua tabs in my pack with me. So if I need to, and I fill up like a big water bladder, um, I can drop those tabs into it, wait 30 minutes and the water will be good to go. Just might taste a little funny. So kind of my water setup there. Um, excited to use that. And then gosh, what else? Um, oh, I guess one more thing on shelters. We're going to cover this in a new, the new product segment, but Seek Outside just came out with a new tent that they call the Guardian. So, uh, that Guardian tent is similar to, um, their like Silex and their Eolus. Um, their Eolus is a tent that I used uh, a couple years ago on a sheep hunt and then a high country deer hunt. Um, it is floorless. It pitches with two trekking poles. Um, it does, it features their zipperless, uh, 
like I guess it's zipperless entry so there's no zippers like not a regular door it's basically a piece of paracord that runs from the top of the shelter to the bottom has a clasp on it um that you the whole side of the shelter like zips up as your door so there's no zippers to go down or anything um so they just came out with one they call their their guardian and that is i believe it they're calling it like their two-person hot tent um it reminds me a lot of a a kafaru megatarp as far as the a-frame type design that they have going um that Eolus that I had uh, was like, it was pretty good. Um, I didn't have a stove jack in it, but you don't even have the option to put a stove jack in it to put a stove in it just because of the way it pitches. Um, that thing, it was okay. It had a lot of uh, nice features to it. It had a lot of room for one person in your gear. You know, you have those zipperless entries on both sides. So you had dual entries basically, which was nice to shovel your gear on one side and leave the other side pretty open so you can get in and out. But then when you were ready to grab your gear from the outside of the tent, you went over and opened that other vestibule up and you could just grab your gear out so you're not like crawling over all your stuff to grab your pack, if that makes sense. Um, so that was kind of nice. But uh, the Eolus had like a complex pitch. I didn't love pitching it. I always had to jack with it a lot. Um, so I ended up selling that and just stuck with my Hilleberg Neak for a while. And then this year, doing some of these overnight scouting trips that I'm doing where it's like, I just want to have a light pack. I'm going quickly in, staying for a night, coming quickly out. Uh, I picked up the Silex from Seek. So that thing has a more simple pitch design. Um, the one that I got, I just got it used off the Rockside forums. The one that I got does not have a stove jack, which is okay for what I'm doing, but you do have a stove option if you want something like that, um, you can check it out. You can also get an insert for it, which I did not get either. Just going to use my Bora Bivy inside that Silex, um, for some of these overnighters. So I think that that's all I have to say on that. Uh, okay. Before we, uh, let's just keep going with the new products and we'll jump back to Rockside articles. Um, also new, we have uh, Sika gear just came out with their ambient system uh, it's a, somehow, um, I haven't like delved into it super deep, but I wanted to mention it for sure. Cause we are a gear podcast. Um, it is like, they have some new garments, they're ambient. It has something to do. It's like a really new technology. Uh, it says heat without the sweat is one of the lines that they're using in it. So again, I haven't looked into it a lot, but, uh, wanted to mention it. Um, and then uh, my Matthews V3X, I'm still waiting on my uh, sight and re- uh, sight and rest to show up from Matthews because I'm going to use theirs this year. Um, I have the 29-inch version. I think last time I did a Tipsy Tuesday, I said it was the 28-inch version. Well, I had purchased a VXR in the past that was a 28 or is still a 28. I still have it. Um, the V3X is a 29 for their short axle axle. So that's, there you go there. Um, yeah, so I'm going to run the Matthews five pin. It uses uh, that dovetail system. So like on some sites, I'm really familiar with spot hog. That's what I've used for a long time. So like on the Hogfather or the fast Eddie XL, 
you had a dovetail system um, that you could basically slide your site off if you were putting it in the case or something like that. Um, There's some other benefits to using a system like that. But uh, what Matthews has done is they actually put that dovetail like integrated into your riser. So with the new five pin, that is how it attaches to your bow. So you don't screw it to the side of your riser anymore. It actually slides right in through your riser, basically with a dovetail. Um, I know you can use like the spot hogs now um, and like black gold, I think has one as well. Um, Some other companies, their dovetail systems, you could just not screw them onto the side and use the dovetail. You can actually put the dovetail into the V3X. Most of them that I've seen like don't fit perfect, but they fit okay enough once you get the um, the set screw tightened. Um, so that is like an interesting new thing that is truly new coming from Matthews. So excited to get that. It's just going to be a five pin fixed 20 through 60 is what I'm going to do. Um, and then the, the rest is also Brandon Matthews, but it's a QAD ultra rest, which I've used in the past. I really like it. Um, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to shoot a Hamski, So I was shooting those. That's what's still on my VXR. Uh, that's a good rest as well. But the QAD ultra rest is just like tried and true. It's really great. It's a like full containment rest. So it keeps your arrow in there and doesn't let it fall out, which is nice. Um, so I'll go through the full setup once I get that thing actually set up, which needs to happen like here quickly. And uh, then I just talked to Brian Broderick and I've got some day six arrows and broadheads um, on the way that he's built for me. Um, the I'm shooting the 300, uh, 300s from day six and then 125 grain broadhead. Um, I'm totaling in about the 500 grain mark, hopefully just to take less. Um, that's a little heavy for what I usually do. I'm usually in the four, like 465 to like 475 region right in there, 480. That's been like a good sweet spot for me. Um, but bumping it up, doing a little bit heavier this year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, okay. New Rockside articles up. We got the Cryptex or the Cryptek Kilsia sleeping bag reviews up. And then I believe this was two years ago, Robbie did a review on the Outdoorsman's tripod and the Slick tripod. So two tripods that are often talked about. Um, I've recommended both. These are actually the two that I like recommend to people if I'm recommending them um, just because we're on the subject. And I guess I'm feeling long-winded. I'll just talk about it. Um, the Slick 624, if you're like just getting into this and you're looking for a good tripod to like sit down in glass under, um, the Slick 624 carbon fiber, you get it through SNS Archery. It is a kick-ass tripod. Um, it is like small, easy to pack, very compact. And then the Outdoorsman's is a an aluminum tripod. Uh, I think a little bit more stable overall um, and certainly more durable uh, if you're, you know, really beating stuff up, um, but certainly more expensive as well. So they, the two really do have kind of a dynamic going. Um, I think I pretty much have the same outlook as Robbie does, uh, with this article that he kicked out. So, um, go check it out. But in general, if you're just getting into it and looking for, uh, a fairly cost-effective tripod, that is awesome. Go check out the Slick 624 
for mess nest archery and then buy an outdoorsman's head for it and put an outdoorsman's head on it. That's what I usually tell people. And then uh, in the spirit of scouting season, I pulled an article from last year from Jim Carr called the early season scouting. That's what the article is called. We've done a few episodes with Jim talking about scouting and looking at new areas and uh, hunting burns and such. So go check those out. And then the big, big news that has just become live last week, Robbie's new book, Hunting Big Mule Deer, The Stories, is up and live on Amazon. And uh, that's the only place to get it right now, I believe, is Amazon. So go order it. I ordered one for my dad, which hopefully... Hopefully it's gotten there by now because we're a little bit uh, a little bit past Father's Day. Um, and then I have one on the way as well. Hopefully, I think it should be here today. So, super excited about that. Um, okay, Rock Slide YouTube videos. We don't have anything super recent, but I pulled one from the old archives. I'd rather be lucky than good, which is a elk hunt I went on with Ryan Avery that we filmed. And it was a blast. Ryan and Jim Carr always fun. Um, okay. On into hot news. Uh, one thing coming out of Colorado is a little bit disheartening. Uh, we've got out of Vail, Colorado, which is located you know, right next to the Gore Range along I-70 there. Um, the uh, Vail Resorts is looking to build a new residential unit. Um, it would be 61 residential units on a plot of land between I-70 and the Gore Range, which is critical winter grazing ground for the bighorn sheep herd. And not only the bighorn sheep herd, but that has to be wintering ground for other animals as well. Plenty of other animals. So um, the uh, if the housing development, if it gets approved, it has not got approved yet, hopefully, by the time this is coming out. Um, but you know, if it gets approved, it's going to encroach on a lot of habitat, which is going to be very unfortunate. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, you can send in a message to the Vail Resorts executive team and let them know you don't support the housing development. Um, but I think things like this are really important to get involved in. A really good source for things like this is Howl for Wildlife, H-O-W-L, uh, geez, H-O-W-L for Wildlife. And uh, they're really good at making things very, like, easy for you. They they keep things up to date on there because, honestly, like, it is hard to keep up with all these things that are going on in the different states. And especially, like, a little thing like this, just in Vail, um, it doesn't get, like, spread out much. It doesn't seem like. So, a lot of this stuff can go on, you know, right in your area and you not even know about it. So, um, Howl for Wildlife is a great place to go to 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 get this information and then um, take action against it because... Uh, well, I don't want to get too crazy in here now, but like, I think habitat loss is like, it's a real issue. Um, and you know, a lot of, uh, you hear a lot of complaining about the rise in hunter numbers and you know, how it's like impacting your draw odds and all these things. And it's like undoubtedly true that obviously more people coming in, putting in for a tag it is going to impact your percentage of drawing. So you're going to draw less and all the things. But you're also hitting it on the back end of 
there's things like this happening that is eliminating um, resources for animals for their winter range and feed. And they're basically like competing for feed because there's less and then there's just going to be less animals because the land can't sustain um, the amount of animals it once did. So not only, you know, are you talking about like losing, you know, getting losing tag opportunities because of more people coming in, but you're losing animals because their habitat is getting destroyed. So just something to think about there. I think it's very important to get involved. Some of this stuff, look at um, these organizations that are, we're going to talk about Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation in a second that has done a lot. Um, And yeah, get involved with some of that stuff. Um, Give them your money and and hopefully it can help. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. On to uh, Wyoming, Colorado. We have new BLM land acquisitions that have opened up about 40,000 acres of public land. Wyoming being the biggest one by far. Um, so first, let's see. So first in Colorado, not much to report there. Um, they bought 160 acres of the hmm, Escalant Creek parcel in the, oh man, Dom, oh, I'm not even going to say it. It's a national con- conservation area in Colorado. Um, all along, it says the Escalante National Conservation Area with Dominguez maybe that's correct. Dominguez Escalante National Conservation Area in Colorado. Um, 160 acres were purchased of that in Colorado. Um, So you did get a little bit more there, but in Wyoming, this one's huge. Um, The BLM has acquired 35,670 acres of private land from the Martin family southwest of Casper, Wyoming. So Um, that is pretty big. It looks, it sounds like a freaking awesome spot. And I know that there's, there's, um, a lot of animals down there. There's gotta be. So, um, money for this purchase, uh, of the, of all this acreage came from a grant from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation in conjunction with the conservation fund, as well as $21 million from the land and water conservation fund. Um, So the property purchased from the Martins in Wyoming is located east of Alcova Reservoir, has 8.8 miles of the North Platte River along its north border, and then the uh, Carbon County at its southern end. So pretty big chunk, and uh, that's pretty awesome. So there you have it there. And then uh, on a not-so-awesome note, um, most have probably heard about the flooding in Yellowstone by now. It's very unfortunate, but it is crazy the amount of water that is ripping down that thing or was. So uh, this is like more towards the north entrance of the Yellowstone. We have uh, on June 13th, which was last Monday, the Yellowstone River bursted. And with runoff water, um, it says the roaring current wiped out Tom Minor Bridge outside of Gardner. And then the floodwaters just like ate away at paved roads. There were uh, rock slides and mudslides all over that were blocking a bunch of roads. 
Um, and a lot of roadways were covered up in like three feet of water. So not a good situation. It says all entrances to the park are closed and certain areas have lost power. Um, and, you know, they worked all last week to get stranded vehicles and residents out of there. Or stranded, uh, yeah, residents and visitors in their vehicles, I'm sure. Getting them out of there. So it says the Yellowstone's most recent daily charge or discharge was measured at Corwin Springs, just north of Gardner, clocking in at 48,000 cubic feet per second. To put that into uh, some, I guess, what context? I'm trying to think of the word I'm trying to say. Uh, it's typically stabilized around 12,000 cubic feet per second. And uh, in 1918 was the next closest high level it's been clocked at, which was 30,000 cubic feet per second. So 48,000 cubic feet per second is what they they got it at, which is pretty pretty bad and pretty sad. A lot of people have lost property. I've seen houses go rushing down there, and uh, it's a sad... It's a sad event. Um, so the park is closed currently. I heard talks about them trying to open the south entrances to so people could go through it at least. Um, and just, I mean, I'm trying to go back east here in another month and getting through the park would save me a couple hours. So I'm hoping that that is going to happen. Um, okay, what's next here? All right, on to the hot minute. I want to talk about food for backcountry hunting a little bit. And uh, something that our buddies have come up with. Um, so our buddies, Dustin and Jason Whitwer, they, uh, those guys, they have, I think they have backcountry logistics, which is like uh, they rent their llamas out to use for packing. Um, Dustin has the Finding Backcountry podcast. And then now they have started something called Backpack Logistics. It's all about backpacking food and what they do is you get on their website you build a custom food pack for yourself and they will vacuum seal it as a day's worth of food for the backcountry they're going to ship it to you so you can hop on build your list say i want seven days worth they're going to ship it to you and you just grab it and go um dustin talked a little bit about why they did it and he's like there's been multiple times where he's been like ready to go on a trip and um just like ends up going to the store and just grabbing a bunch of stuff and throwing it in a bag and it's not exactly what they wanted. Sometimes you have, you know, 15 of one thing and none of what you thought you had. So um, they're just trying to make it like simple, trying to simplify things a bit. So uh, a little taste of what we got here. So you can go to their custom meals and you get to choose your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner. You get four snack choices, a coffee choice and energy which is like, um, that could be like Honey Stinger Chews, um, the Pro Bar like Energy Chews, or it could be like a, an Energy and Focus or like Mountain Ops type thing. Um, and then you have your recovery on the back end of that, which is pretty much like a BCA recovery. They have Noon Tablets um, and then Wilderness Athlete Hydrate and Recover. So you can jump on and build your own custom pack or... They do have a pro pack section, which they have taken um, a few of their friends, I would say, and had them build their own meal list and post it on there as like, hey, you want Tony Treach's pro pack? Like hop on, get it. Um, you kind of takes the guesswork out of it. Like this is what Tony likes to take. 
you buy it and go. Um, they also like Dustin is build his own. Um, Ben Dedamani, which is like shed crazy. He built his own. Mark Smith built his own. And then they actually had me build my own. So I'm just going to go through and sh- like show you what I got. And I will say they're coming out with a lot of things too on there that uh, weren't even available to to choose when I got on and built mine. But mine is very much like exactly what I would take with uh, with me. So breakfast, uh, Quaker oatmeal, proteins, uh, a protein, apple and cinnamon. So the apple and cinnamon is super good. And just regular Quaker oatmeal, those little packets, like you can flip them over and cut the top off and put water right in the packet with them and eat them out of the bag like that and then just throw it away. Um, so or throw it in the trash, obviously. Uh, that's a good good way to do it. I don't like a huge breakfast, so that's what I got there. Um, lunch, I have the Pro Bar Superfood Bar, which is really good. And since I have come on here, they have added a peanut butter bacon bagel, which is probably what I would have chosen instead of the Pro Bar, but the Pro Bars are really good. Um, and then the dinner, I've got the Peak Refuel Biscuits and Gravy. My first snack is the Jack Link's Teriyaki Beef Jerky. Snack two is a Mountain Ops uh, Peanut Butter Bliss Bar. Snack three is a Snickers Bar. Snack four is a Great Value Smiley Fruit Snacks, which are so good. Um, a Medium Instant Coffee. And I've got uh, Mountain Ops Blue Raspberry, which is such a good flavor from them. And then for my recovery, I have a Hydrate and Recover Arizona Peach flavor. So you can hop on and get that. It's $35.19. Pick how many you want, uh, run it up to a week's worth, hit add your cart, and they will send them to you, which is great. So um, that's something new, Backpack Logistics from the Whitwer Boys, and yeah, excited about it. So if we didn't have that, because I just filled mine out a couple weeks ago, um, I like to keep things really simple. And... I might ramble a little bit here, but some of the reason that I like to keep things simple now is because in the past, I didn't really keep things simple. <clears throat> I thought I had to have like uh, the new fancy, like expensive organic bars and all this stuff that people were talking about on podcasts. I used to think that that's what you had to have. And a lot of that stuff you couldn't find around the area. You had to freaking order it online, probably in a big box. You get it. You don't really like it. Um, that's not, that's like, wasn't what you were expecting. Um, and then you have all the stuff that you don't want to eat. It was really expensive. It's just a giant pain in the ass. So I just started going to Walmart. Um, or Albertsons is a grocery store we have here. Just any grocery store, um, has a lot of the things that you can just grab and go. And it's, um, it's cheaper. It all tastes good. And it's just a good option. So here's some of the things that I like to grab. So, um, oh, first, the only thing I probably get that not every place is going to have is, uh, a company called Kate's bars, I think, or Kate's, but they have a peanut butter, dark chocolate bar that comes in a green wrapper. That is like killer. Um, I've seen them at Sportsman's warehouse. I've seen them at like a lot of grocery stores like Maverick or, um, a lot of convenience stores like Maverick and others. And then at Albertsons, I've seen them. I haven't seen them at Walmart yet, but um, they are so good. I would order those by the case if I could. Um, But anyways, going to just your regular grocery store stuff, peanut butter crackers, like they're good. 
They've got some salt content to them. They're usually pretty high in calories, like great option there. Um, and then like the fruit snacks, like they have on Backpack Logistics, um, those are great values. You get them from Walmart. You get them in a gigantic box. I really like the tangy flavors. Um, they're really good. And then what also are really good are like the Albanese gummy bears. You can get those anywhere and the flavors are bomb. And that is a good like gummy fuel source too, sugary fuel source. Um, I love honey stingers. I really do. I like them. Um, I like the pro bar ones as well, but they're undoubtedly more expensive and you're probably getting fairly close to the same thing. Um, unless I think like pro bar is putting like some electrolytes in theirs now. So you like lose a little, but you can get a lot for the cost and yeah. Albanese gummy bears and those gummy fruit snacks, any kinds. Um, those are great. And then, uh, cliff bars, I think still get a bad rap for some reason. Um, but they are making a ton of different flavors now that are really good. They have like a peanut butter banana one, uh, which I love. Um, they have like, they started making ones that have caffeine in them now that are like mocha flavored. Those are bomb. Um, so mix in some of those. They're cheap, like they really pack a punch. Um, the nut butter filled cliff bars are my favorite. They like fill them with peanut butter, which is awesome. Um, nature's bakery has some fig bars, which are really good. They make them in all kinds of different flavors. They're basically like a fig Newton, but bigger in different, um, flavors and they're prepackaged in two of them. So great to carry, um, like cheese sticks, or individual blocks of cheese are great because they're easy to pack and like sort out and whatever. And they stay, I've got them really hot for a long time and they seem to be fine. So, uh, that's a, a good way to do it too. And that adds in like some like more natural food that you would just eat all the time instead of just like sugar all the time. Um, so I think that that's good for you. And then like, um, I'm not a huge fan of jerky, but like, I really like little individual meat sticks or like cutting up salami and putting them, um, vacuum sealing them myself is really good. Um, for lunches, like ramen can be a great source for lunch. Um, macaroni and cheese, like they're starting to come out with those macaroni and cheese bowls that are like their little individual package bowls. Those are good. Um, just, I don't know anything like that. Like those kinds of things in ramen like probably aren't the greatest in nutritional value, but if you just throw it in, they're super light for like the middle of the day, having like a hot comfort food in the middle of the day can really change your attitude. So those are good things to do. And then, um, tuna packets. I really don't like tuna packets, but, uh, I don't like tuna, but they have chicken creation packets also. It's basically the same thing in chicken. All in all, it's probably the same thing, but it, uh, those are good for adding like some, they usually have them all sauced up inside those little packets. Um, they're cheap. They taste pretty good. Uh, they got some protein to them and that's a good thing to throw in there as well if you want. And then just in general, like Mountain House, um, I really like Mountain House, their flavors. I've always got along good with them. Um, and then like Peak Refuel is uh, another really good company. And so I do those, um, as far as drink mixes and stuff go, usually I just have stuff at the house. I have like mountain ops or whatever, and I can, you know, individually scoop those into like little Ziplocs to take with me if I want. But, um, 
Gatorade makes some of their flavors now in individual little sticks for convenience, which is a really good, like, cost-effective option that you can get at pretty much any store. So that's kind of what I have there. Keep it simple. Um, I talked with Kyle Camp a while back about nutrition. We called the podcast Nutrition Simplified. And we talk a bit about some of that stuff, how you don't have to have this really expensive, like, um, stuff to go out and have a good time and especially to be cost effective on it. So keep it simple. Um, go to the store, pick out some stuff you like, you know, there's a lot of options out there as far as like, um, being able to write all your stuff down and look at the caloric values to it and kind of weigh some things out like that. Um, my fitness pal is a really good, um, source for that. So you can go check that out. And, uh, yeah, build your food bags or get on a backcountry logistics and purchase them. Okay. Um, all right. On to like Onyx tip of the week and thanking some of our sponsors. Um, Onyx maps is something that we use all the time. I literally, uh, my buddy Jake Downs, he's an electrician in Nebraska and he just asked how to get to a certain spot because he was supposed to help them do some wiring and I just dropped a pin and sent it to him on Onyx. And he's like, all right, got it. So, uh, can be used all the time. If you use code ROCKCAST at checkout, you'll get 20% off. But a couple of things, uh, 3D Maps on Android is now available through Onyx if you do the update. And then I wanted to talk about some settings on Onyx um, that are probably, I think, can be often uh, overlooked, if that makes sense. Uh, and can give you some features and change some things on your Onyx app that you might want to. So um, if you're on your app, go to the top left corner. There's like three little bars. Hit that. Hit settings. Um, so first thing, notifications. You can allow push notifications to be sent to you. Um, I'm not really sure what that does unless it's just notifying you that your map is done, which is done downloading, which is probably what it is. Um, next thing, units and coordinates, probably a good thing to check and make sure your units are imperial if that's what your, your jam is. Um, and then coordinates, you can change, you can, uh, change the way your coordinates are laid out. So you got decimal, UTM, DMS, DMM. I have mine set for UTM because the, if I take a map with me, the map company I use bases all their stuff in UTM. And so I have like my inreaches on UTM, like a lot of things are on UTM. So I would say decimal and UTM are the two that would probably be used the most probably like I would, I don't know this for sure. I would kind of say decimal is standard. Um, but UTM matches everything else that I have. And I think that's an important note to make too, is like, if you have a GPS watch, like make sure that is set on the same thing that your GPS or your inReach is on um, or any, your Onyx, any other mapping systems that you have, it's probably best if they're all the same. So yeah. And as far as like, you know, me just saying that decimal is probably standard and then UTM, um, if you have to hit a button or if you have to talk to somebody and they need to come get you for like an emergency situation, 
if you tell them decimal, like they will figure out where you are is if you tell them decimal. Um, and then UTM, same way, like they're going to convert that stuff. So you're tracking. Um, another thing you can do is you can hide coordinates. So the coordinates won't display on the screen. Um, you can turn on and off the crosshairs. So I don't like having the crosshairs on my screen all the time. So I turn that off. Um, another thing that I really like, uh, enable pinch to rotate. So, uh, I was just talking to somebody the other day that was one of the, they said like an annoying thing that was going on with Aeron X is it wouldn't rotate. Um, it would only stay like with a North orientation. That is a setting. So if you go into your settings, you enable pinch to rotate, you're going to be able to rotate that around. Um, you can enable a 2d map tilt. So if you're in 2D and you want to tilt your map to give it, I mean, it won't really give you much perspective, but it might give you a little bit of direction on something. Um, you can do that and then show offline map outlines. So that is the, even if you don't have your offline maps on and you're in service, it will show you where they are outlined. So you can quickly look and see if you have like a map for an area downloaded or not. And then the last one is photo settings. Use cellular data for photos. I'm not really sure what that is. Um, but yeah, those are the important ones. I think especially like the enable pinch to rotate and turning the crosshairs off are a couple things that I've heard people talk about that they haven't been able to do with theirs. So there you go. And uh, I just saw Onyx posted a Hunt App 101 complete run through of their hunting app tutorial on their YouTube. So go check that out. Okay. Oh, black rifle. Yeah. I, uh, we went on our first, eh, not our first, but kind of our like first main camping trip last weekend. And, um, man, black rifle instant packs of coffee are awesome. Uh, we use those a lot. So if you use code rock slide, you'll get 20% off black rifle coffee. Um, as far as being at home, the coffee that I like from them a lot is the AK Espresso. It's probably our favorite. It is our favorite for sure. And then uh, ActiveJunkie.com. So I've talked about Active Junkie uh, quite a bit by now. And uh, hopefully people have gone on and checked it out. If you haven't or if you haven't heard of it, ActiveJunkie.com is basically a website that houses a bunch of uh, brands and retail stores that you can get cash back through. So if you go to ActiveJunkie.com, you sign up for a free account, you find a brand or a retailer that you want to book something through or purchase something through, you click through to their store, it'll take you right to their store, just like normal, make a purchase like normal, they're going to send it to you like normal, and then Active Junkie on the back end is going to give you a percentage of your purchase as, as cash back. And that is like straight up cash back. They're going to send a check to your mailbox or they're going to deposit it into your PayPal account. They do it quarterly. It's awesome. And they have a ton on there. They have like 1,500 brands and stores total. Um, some of my favorites, Shields, anything for like outdoor sports or some lifestyle stuff in like hunting fishing you can get damn near all of it at shields um moose jaw is another one that's really good for like backpacking gear especially um they have yeti as a brand so that's awesome they also have goodyear tires as a brand um and then they have booking.com as a brand as well so if you're gonna go book a trip 
you can click through to booking.com, book your trip, get a little bit of cash back through Active Junkie. Um, it's up to 20% cash back. So every brand or retailer is a little bit different on their cash back, but it's a good way to save money um, on that back end just by getting some cash back. And then you can still use coupons and gift cards and all that thing, um, all those things, sales whatever you want on the front side of the store that you're purchasing through. So you can really double up and save a lot of money on that. So go to activejunkie.com forward slash rock slide. will take you to a landing page that has a lot of the brands and retailers that, you know, folks that like to do what we like to do would like. So check, uh, check those guys out. Um, and then firstlight.com last, but certainly not least been using first light clothing for a really long time. Uh, they have a new, a lot of new lifestyle apparel that they just printed. And one thing that, uh, I really like, uh, that First Light offers is their duffel bags. So they make like waterproof duffel bags, three different sizes. Um, one cool thing that they have is the, like when you unzip the bag, it like zips down even further on the side, almost to the bottom. And what that lets the lid do is completely fly open and it's like a place to put your feet on if you're changing. So if you're like a whitetail guy and you have all of your hunting gear inside the bag and the back of your vehicle, like staying away from scent, you get to where you're going to walk in your tree stand, you have a mat to stand on to undress and redress, which doesn't sound like that big of a deal. Sounds a little gimmicky. It is awesome and something you just don't think about until you have it. I have a bag for... Um, all of our snowboarding stuff or my snowboarding stuff anyways, um, all of our mountain biking stuff. I've got a bag for that. Um, the big bag has all of my hunting stuff in it. And when I go on a trip, that's like the mother of all bags for any extra clothing or anything that I would need. I put it all in there and it's waterproof. You throw it in the back of the pickup. Um, not really worry about it. So pretty sweet to go check those out. Um, all right. Workout of the week. Don't really have a big workout of the week. I wouldn't say I've really been working out um, that much this year. Uh, last year, I was really on top of it with my sheep hunt. But this year, I don't have anything huge coming up that's going to require a lot of physical fitness. So just uh, really been skating on it. It's not good. You shouldn't do that. Um, but Mountain Tough now has an app. So they call it their uh, Mountain Tough Plus it is an app on all platforms and they also changed it to a subscription based instead of purchasing the whole program outright, which a lot of folks couldn't do because of the cost. So now it's subscription based. Um, I encourage you to hop on and just do a 14 day free trial of it. And honestly, even if you have access to a gym and you go to a gym, I would do one of the body weight or the pack programs. Do it from your house or do it at the gym, but do the body weight ones and it'll kick your ass probably. So that's pretty much uh, what I got this week. We have Robbie is coming on here in a week or so to do the mule deer Q and a, we have a ton of questions from a lot of different people. I think it's going to be an awesome podcast. Um, that's going to be with Robbie coming up. We have kind of some elk Q and a's coming up as well and just trying to ramp up into the gear stuff and the hunting stuff now that, um, we're kind of in our final few months until season. So that's what I've got. And uh, yeah, talk to you guys on the next episode.